Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Hello, my golf friend, and welcome back to Above Par. It's nice to have you here. And before we get started, I wanted to share with you that I have Master Your Golf Brain program coming back just in time to give as a gift for the holidays. So we don't have to worry about any kind of supply chain <laughs> problems or issues. Now, when you're doing this program. So if you have someone in your life who's a golfer interested in this, interested in taking their game to the next level, or maybe you gift yourself on this, this is a step-by-step process to quiet the mental chatter and calm the emotions that keep you from playing your best golf. So I hope you take advantage of that just in time for the holidays. And if you want to be on the list when it opens up so you can do some of your holiday gift giving, Get on the wait list at kathyhartwood.com forward slash wait list, and you'll be the first to know. Okay, so speaking of mastering your golf brain, I wanted to share with you, I had an awesome trip to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, which my daughter lives there. I had two daughters, went to the University of Alabama, and she is there. So I went to visit her, and I also got an opportunity to speak at North River Yacht Club, which is in Tuscaloosa, to a group of amazing women who invited me in to talk about the mental game. And I wanted to talk to you and share with you about really when is the right stage or when is the right handicap or level golfer to work on your golf brain. Because I think so often that so many people think that they need to be really competitive or they need to be at a certain level or really good or scratch golfer or low handicapper to be able to work on your mental game. It's like once I get to this certain point in my game, then I'll start focusing more on my mental game. And I want to share with you, that's not the way it works. (laughs) If you have a brain, you can work on mastering it. Because how we do one thing, we do everything. There is no better time to start working on your golf brain, how you manage your thoughts and emotions around the game of golf, picking up on the awareness of the way that you're thinking out there than yesterday, today. Get started now. There is no better time. And it does not matter what your handicap is. There are opportunities for you to think better on the golf course so that you can play a little bit better. And there's also opportunities for you to feel better about the game, to enjoy it more. That is all mental game. I define it a lot of times as if you can do it on the range and you don't take it out to the golf course, then that differential a lot of times is your mental game. That's one area. But if you're miserable and frustrated and not having as much fun as you think you really should playing the game or want to playing the game, that's also mental, right? Because our thoughts create our emotions. They're totally optional. And I wanted to share with you my experience with these women at North River Yacht Club and what we talked about and how perhaps that you can relate to it and look for areas in your game and the way that you think on the golf course and how it might be applied or how that you can apply it to yourself. You know, I did one of the live workshops not too long ago. I had a handicapper in there of like two or four, I don't really remember, up to in the high 30s. And then someone was probably mid-range. We're all on this call together. These are like, there were probably about four of us, I think, who showed up live for the call. You could always watch it in replay. So Courageous people showed up live because I I would ask them questions to kind of put them on the spot there. And they were very courageous. But this is the thing that they all were kind of blown away with is that they all had the same thoughts. The two handicap up to the high handicapper all had the same or similar thoughts on the golf course. 
The really the only difference that changes is your pool of talent. That is it. Our brains all work the same. Our brains are designed to just alert us of danger. So it doesn't matter what level you're at, your brain's going to alert you at danger. And then your brain's going to talk to you. And unless you have the skill of being able to think deliberately and deal with all the emotions that pop up and be really aware of what you're thinking about, then it's the same situation, right? It's the same brain, just different levels of play. There is no better time or there is no waiting until your handicap or your score gets to a certain level to start working on your golf game. The time is now. So I want to share with you what we experienced with these ladies and three really big takeaways that I think you're going to get from what uh, we talked about. This is the way it started. I had a group of probably about 14, I think, women there. And I asked them, you know, just to tell me something that they're struggling with on the golf course. Just name one area with, that you want to talk about. It could be whether you weren't uh, scoring the way you wanted to, people pleasing, you struggled with your putt, hitting the ball over water or certain hole out on the golf course, or you're very focused about your results, or you felt like you couldn't handle pressure very well in tournaments. Whatever it is, I just asked them to kind of come up with some ideas. And this is what happened. <laughs> there evidently is a hole number 15 at a North River Yacht Club that they're all agreed, yes, we can't hit it over the water. It is a problem for us on this hole number 15. It's a hundred yard shot over water. So one of the funny things was this woman who brought it up and everybody that agreed, yes, let's talk about that. She said, listen, I can hit all the 80 yard shots I need to on the range. I can do all the things, but when I get to this hole, I cannot hit it over the water. And of course, I asked, how long is the shot? And she said, well, it's 100 yards. <laughs> that could be part of the problem because 80 yards doesn't cover 100 yards. She kind of misspoke. She said that she can clearly hit it 100 yards. If you find your little shot, you can work through this with me or your little situation. So I asked them, what were some of the thoughts that they had on this shot going into hitting it over the water on 15? They range from, I'm going in, I can't get over, I've hit it in the water, Every time I've been here, that lake has a hundred of my golf balls in it. This is an impossible shot. They all had similar thoughts. And since they all played with each other, they kind of thought the same things. They talked to each other out loud. So it was like this little group think about how to get over this water. They felt like it was a sentence that there was no getting over the water on 15 from this hundred yard shot. They just created this big, huge story about it. So then I asked, when you think that thought, how do you feel? and that they were nervous or anxious or even defeated. Because when we think the ball's going in, I'm definitely going in, we're defeated, right? And when you stand over the ball, either being nervous or defeated, what do you do? Most of the time when we're nervous, everybody kind of agreed, and I've coached enough people that this is really what happens. We squeeze a little bit tighter. We might swing harder or faster. We might come out of our posture. We don't focus very well. Our tempo might be a little bit off, right? And the result is that we're not going to make our best shot and therefore the ball is more likely to go in. I even had one of the strategies that women said, I said, what club is it that you need to hit over? And she said an eight iron. And I said, what club do you hit? She was a six iron. <laughs> so it's like we go through like, going, I know I'm going to hit it fat. So let me take extra club to hit it fat enough and judged by fat, a controlled fat shot, <laughs> basically oh, it is to get it over the water. Then every once in a while, you catch it on the sweet spot and it's over the green, right? It's a strategy. It's not my favorite strategy. I don't think it's very predictable. So we worked on managing our thoughts around this shot. 
just paying attention to what we're actually thinking, noticing how we think that thought is producing a lot of emotion for us that is creating these different actions in our swing that is going to give us the result of going in the water more often. So here are a few of the takeaways that these women had over the course of this talk. Number one is that your situation, a 100-yard shot over water, never causes your emotion or never causes your result. It is never the circumstance or the situation that is creating how you feel over the golf ball. And when we just stand there and go, when I have a 100-yard shot over water, I'm instantly nervous. Or when there's people watching me, I get anxious. Or when I hit the ball in the bunker, I'm frustrated or annoyed. That is not the case. It is never a situation. So I want you to go and notice all the different situations or circumstance or facts that you have going on in your golf game, in your round, where you think that is creating the emotions that you don't like on the golf course. This is not the case. This is a little bit of a mind-blowing thing. I had a lot of blank looks <laughs> when I told them this. What happens is that we have a thought about the situation. It is the thought that's creating that emotion. So a 100-yard shot over water would not give me any pause. For the most part, 9.9 times out of 10, I'm going to hit it over the water. It's not a problem. So it's not the water that creates the emotion. It's the thought about the water that creates the emotion. I don't have the thought that the ball is going to go in or that I can't get it over or that there's 100 balls in that pond. Them choosing to think it, well, there's 100 balls in that pond might be a fact. It just doesn't serve you to think that thought at that given moment in time because that creates a little bit of a negative emotion in itself, right? You start feeling a little bummed out about that. We want to be very selective about what we decide to think in moments where we have some bad history, which what was happening in this situation is the more that they thought my ball is going to go in and the ball went in, they're giving their brain proof and evidence that that thought is true. And the more we do that, the more our brain puts that on autopilot for it and it becomes a little bit more stuck in that cement and harder for us to break free or to think a different thought. So number one is that your situation never causes your emotion or your results. Number two is they never questioned their thoughts. They never even thought twice about not thinking that the ball is going to go in, or I can't get it over, or this is the harsh, hardest hole, hardest shot on the golf course. They were stating their thoughts like they were facts. And the minute our thought becomes a fact, we think it so many times it becomes a belief and therefore it becomes a fact. Now we don't have a whole lot of room for growth in that because it's non-negotiable. It's a fact. We, we say it like we're stating the weather. I never get over on this hole. When really what needs to happen is we need to interrupt that thought. Yeah, I've gotten over once. I'm like, well, I would rather think I've gotten over once on this hole than thinking I never get over. Because the more that I think I never get over, I'm going to feel a little bit of despair and defeat. And I'm going to keep producing that result over and over again. So we want to question our thoughts. And then we want to select thoughts that serve us. Question the thoughts that don't serve us. Do I want to keep thinking it? Is it totally true? And while it might be true that there's 100 balls in that, though I don't think that's actually, <laughs> I don't think that's a fact. I think that she might have been overstating that. But even if it's true, if you could count the number of balls that actually went in that pond or that lake, does it serve me to think it at this given moment in time? And then number three would be data. I asked the women that if they hitched these shots with no water on the range, a hundred yard shot, whatever that club is, if that's an eight iron for you, if you went to the range and how many eight irons would you hit onto the green? And let's not even say it doesn't even have to be onto the green. Let's just say it cleared a hundred yards. It could be left or right. You cleared the water, even if it's left or right. How many would clear the water out of 10 shots that you hit with your eight iron? 
I don't know. I mean, that's everybody who needs to go and try that out and figure it out for themselves. Well, let's just say it's 50, 50, 50%. Let's say five went over. So no matter what happens, when you're standing in that situation on number 15 with a 100-yard shot over water, the truth of the matter is with your brain working in a pretty calm environment, like the range, then you should hit every other ball over water. And what happens is we get into that situation, we think we should hit everyone over. And then when we hit one in, we kind of go, see, I can't get over the water. When the truth of the matter is, is that you only really can hit a certain percentage over anyway, even if you were on the range with no water in front of you. And when you can go into that spot, into that situation, knowing, you know what, I'm a person who's probably got a 50-50 shot of getting over the water. We can relax a little bit more other than thinking, I'm a person who should get over every time. You don't, that's not your skill set right now at this given moment in time. Doesn't mean it's not going to change. It's so important to know what your talent is and what can you do? Where should your expectations be? Because if your expectations are to stand over that shot and think that you need to hit everyone over the water, that's not realistic. Not for a person who can only hit five out of 10 over on the range. But that actually what we do is we end up shaming and blaming ourselves for not getting it over. It just feels crappy. There's no sense in beating yourself up over something that you actually is just who you are. I'm just a person who hits half of these up in the air and flying at 100 yards. But this is what I wanted to share with you. Those thoughts that those women had about trying to hit over the water, 100-yard shot over the water, a number 15, are no different than a tour player having thoughts. They're having the same thoughts with just a different expectation on their talent. So what I wanted to share with you about what these women had about this thought going over the water is that with their skill set, wherever they are right there, whatever their handicap is and how many, each one's going to hit a different number of eight irons up in the air over 100 yards because we all have different swings. You have to manage your thought around wherever your skill is. And that doesn't matter if you're a tour player or a single digit or you're a 30 handicap or a 40 handicap. The time to work on your brain and to start saving yourself some of that angst over hitting the ball in the water, to stand over the shot with a better expectation, a realistic expectation of what you can do. Noticing your thoughts, that is not a golf skill. That is a life skill. Because we say things to ourselves like this off the golf course too. Right? Saying that I made the analogy of saying that your ball is going to go in the water or it's definitely going in the water is like saying that I'm walking up these stairs, I'm definitely going to trip. <laughs> we just want to say it. Okay, And I bring up this analogy all the time because I'm not very good walking in heels. So when I go downstairs in heels, <laughs> that thought is actually on my brain. I'm like, don't fall. <laughs> I'm not very graceful, and I must say. So it's not too dissimilar to some of the things that we say to ourselves off the golf course, too. The time to pay attention to your thoughts on or off the golf course is now for sure because it, it affects how we feel and it affects the results that we get. So what I encourage you to do, no matter what your handicap level is, no matter what your skill set is, there is availability for you in managing your mind and taking most of that talent, whatever it is, out on the golf course right now. You just have to start with being aware. Start listening to your thoughts. Understand and notice that no situation is causing that emotion. It's what you're thinking. So if you're standing over a certain shot and you're starting to feel a little anxious or nervous, you want to ask yourself, what am I thinking? Know your data. How many times can I get this shot over the water? How many putts can I make from 10 feet or four feet or two feet or whatever it is? How many times do I three putt? So you go on the golf course, you don't beat the heck out of yourself for having a three putt, or you don't beat the heck out of yourself for missing a 10 foot putt, which so many people think they should make more of than actually their statistics support. Your relationship with your mistakes is either going to speed up or slow down your progress. And the better that you get 
and managing your thoughts and emotions around the game of golf, the better you get at noticing all the crap that's going on in your head and the chatter and taking back control of it and thinking intentionally and purposely, you're going to get better faster. So you don't have to wait until your handicap's a certain level to decide that now is the time to start managing your brain or now is the time to start working on your mental game. The time to do it is right now. All right, my friends, I hope that helped. And I hope you have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. 